Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elia Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I know you'll be alright Even when times get hard and you feel like you're in the dark You will see Just how beautiful life can be When you soften your heart You can finally start To live your truth is life Hello everyone. Happy Friday. Welcome back to The Truthiest Life. It's your host, Lisa Haim. If you're new here, welcome. So excited to have you. If you've been around here, I just want to say thanks again for your support. I have been getting the nicest messages on Instagram and some really nice reviews left on iTunes. That's a wonderful way to support this podcast if you're interested. And I have to tell you, you know, As much as I love doing this podcast, the one downside is I don't get to see your reaction and get to know how it's impacting your life. I mean, obviously, I hoped (laughs) that it would be positive, and I continue to hope that my goal of making this podcast help us all realize that we're all human in the same broken ways and that our flaws don't need to be covered up, but rather, you know, integrated into how we show up into this world. I hope that message is coming through. And some days are, you know, quieter than others. And other days I hear from you about how it is impacting you. So I want to give a listener shout out. This was submitted on iTunes review by Andrea. Thank you, Andrea. And she says, this may seem wild slash heavy to write about a podcast, but these raw stories, amazing guests, words of wisdom, and Lisa herself have helped me to grow as a person. I legitimately started therapy in a good way because I was so inspired by each episode. It made me want to dig deeper and really do the hard work that has come before living your truthiest life. Honestly, every episode is worth the listen. I think I've shared this podcast with all of my friends and family and definitely some strangers on Instagram. I can't wait to continue listening. Thank you, Andrea. Wow. That is definitely the goal to help you realize that it's okay to explore those parts that you've just been hiding for so long. 
And I um, have been really into the Peloton tread these last few weeks. I'm in my second trimester now and I've been feeling amazing and I'm not a runner before pregnancy. I'm not going to be a runner now, but I do walks and hikes and I find the instructors really motivating. And one of the instructors today said something that really spoke to me and she said, your emotions are there to help you, not hurt you. Try letting them come up. And obviously that spoke to me because expressing my emotion every single day is part of how I release the heaviness that we all have and nothing crazy going on in my life. But every day I like to take a moment to just like let whatever I naturally want to stuff down that I'm scared of come up. And when it does come up, sometimes hard stuff happens, but it's never as hard or as scary to deal with as I thought it was when I was putting so much energy into stuffing it down. So Maybe that resonates with you. Hopefully it does. Anyway, it was particularly noticeable for me during the first trimester. Many of you know I was really sick and really not not myself, to say the least, for about two and a half, three months. And one of the reasons it was so hard, I know I've written about the nausea and all the other kind of funny side effects that came with pregnancy that I didn't expect. But really the hardest part was that I was afraid to allow my emotions to come up. So there were things on my mind, heaviness of daily life, and also some personal things going on that normally I would have dealt with by way of my tools, by meditation, journal, um, moving my body, but feeling through it, not running from it, which sometimes exercise can do. And with all those things, I couldn't do them. I found emotions trapped in my body. And that's why the second trimester, I think, feels so good. I know some people have been like, wow, your approach on, on pregnancy is so positive. And I'm like, okay, well, you should have seen me in the first trimester. But the truth is, I think what we're seeing or what I'm feeling is a result of the emotional processing being back in effect. And because I am processing everything daily again, I feel super aligned and authentic. And I didn't exactly feel that way in the first trimester, which again, it's normal. We're always going to fall in and out of alignment and find our way back home to, you know, who we are, who we need to be in that next stage of life. So we're peeling the layers back, so to speak. And that's what this episode is about today. It's about self-development and self-growth, but in the lens of peeling a layer back and finding out who you already are. So it's a return to home. And this episode's with Mimi Bouchard, and I find it super inspiring and like all episodes, there's something to take from every single guest, at least I personally have. And one of the things that I used to do as a listener of podcasts is I'd listen to a, a podcast and they'd have a guest on and I'd just decide if I liked the person or not. And if I liked what they had to say, I, you know, agreed with everything. And if I didn't like them for whatever reason, I would, you know, kind of throw everything else that they said out the door. So I just want to encourage everybody with every listener, this has nothing to do with this week's episode, by the way, just to take what works for you with it. There's no person in this entire world that you're going to agree with on everything. And rather than trying to like, you know, cancel culture, like cancel people just because they said one thing that you don't agree with. One thing that I've benefited from in the last few months of this podcast is recognizing that there's something to learn from every single person that we come in contact with, regardless of if we think they're a good person or bad person, or if we like them or not. So if you are an avid truthiest life listener, that's something that's really helped me. And 
I think going into these episodes, every single one, I'm able to walk away instead of dismissing something. If somebody says one thing that, you know, maybe doesn't sit right with me or I don't agree with, I can take something else away. And Mimi has been so powerful since our conversation in helping me think about my own business and my excitement and my exuberance for it. I mean, her love of her business is just contagious. You'll see. So without further ado, let's jump into this podcast and I'll see you all next week. Thank you again for the kind DMs, the sharing of the podcast on Instagram, and of course your iTunes reviews, which go super far. Love you all. Appreciate it. You all from the bottom of my heart, have a great, great, great weekend, and I'll see you next week. Welcome, Mimi. So from reality star at age 18 (laughs) to self-discovery guru at 24, you have made quite the shift. And I'm so excited to have you on The Truthiest Life finally. (laughs) Welcome. Thank you so much. I can't wait to be on. And I love everything that you do and stand for. So this is so incredibly exciting. Thank you. Well, I said finally because I was a guest on your show back in October. October, your podcast. And we recorded before this podcast launched. And I really just remember how much advice you gave me and how cool you were about it. And you just had like really good business advice for me. I didn't take most of it because I'm not business savvy, but more than your words, there was just this confidence that you exuded. And it made me be like, like I left that conversation being like, Wow. I don't think at your age, you're 24 now, right? Yeah. 24. That's insane. (laughs) I don't think at 24, I had that. I'm just going to say confidence. Like you just spoke with such, it wasn't like, oh, I don't know. It was like, nope. Yes, no, do this, don't do that. This is why I did this, da, 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 da. And I loved listening to your unique point of view, of course. I'm curious, were you always this clear on who you are? Well, thank you for asking that. And no, the answer is no, I wasn't. I had to go through so much personal development and I still go through personal development every single day. I'm not, you know, it's not like you reach this point with personal growth and, and self-discovery as you call it. It's not like you reach this point and then you get there and then it's all rainbows and butterflies. It's like, it's constant work. Um, so I just want to preface this whole conversation with that, you know, obviously I have really transformed my life. I've transformed my inner worth and confidence. And that's just come with a lot of years of doing the work and of getting back up after I've fallen down and trying again and trying new things and, you know, maybe cutting out people in my life that didn't make me feel good and maybe prioritizing myself instead of what others think of me and maybe, you know, moving across the world and, you know, starting something crazy different. Like, you know, it it could could show up in different ways for different people. I think this work or this self-discovery discovery. For me, it was all of the above. Yeah. You know, just to kind of answer your question, I was definitely not always like this. I actually um, was very introverted and shy as a kid. And then um, as a teenager, I uh, took on this role of fake confidence to kind of, you know, be loud and make people think that I'm really confident and party a lot and try to be in the popular crowd and like, you know, that kind of whole thing. And then I went through a phase then in my my late teens and early 20s when I guess I am still in my early 20s in the past, let's say six years where I really discovered that um, I was deeply insecure and I, I needed to change things truly internally. And then I guess the personality that I now have today just really 
is the most authentic me. And I don't have to think before I speak like I used to all the time. I didn't have to overthink about what people thought of me and whether I should do this or wear that. And, you know, I wasn't looking for external validation um, anymore when I reached this point. And yeah, there's so many things to it. And I can't wait to share what I've, you know, realized and learned up to this point. I'm sure I'm going to, you know, learn so much more in the next five, 10 years and beyond. But yeah, I'm really proud of myself for doing the work now um, and for figuring out, you know, what I really wanted. And I was definitely not in a good place when I first started this journey. And that's, I think, why I had to start it. So that makes a ton of sense. So would you say that you're introverted or extroverted? I'm an introverted extrovert. (laughs) I, I recharge alone. And I love being mm-hmm. alone. It's one of my favorite things. I love it. I could be alone for a long time. I feel like your, you know, your true self, your introverted extrovert really comes through on like your Instagram stories as a, I know that you don't identify as an influencer, but as somebody who's an influencer because of the work that you do naturally, when I go to your page, it's not, and here's what I'm doing. Here's what I'm drinking. And here's what, what I'm doing. It's very, I'm not going to say slow, but like intentional and digestible. I, and I feel calm, whether I'm watching your story or something you post, I feel your authentic self connecting with the parts of me that need it. So it's like pretty magical to watch. Thank you. Yeah, I only met you six months ago, met you through this, but (laughs) I've already noticed such growth with you that I could only imagine who you were five years ago when you started this journey. But just for a little joy ride, I know you kind of described, you know, Mimi five years ago, but five years ago, exactly to this day, let's say this month, like, where were you? What were you doing? What did your day look Mm -hmm. like? So I would have been 19. And I would have just moved to England in January. And I was born and raised in Canada. So that was a very big jump. And I had just dropped out of university to start my online magazine fashion blog that I thought was the thing that I wanted to do. But you know, things changed after I found myself, my, my career changed a lot. Um, You know, I just had moved to England and you know what it's March right now. So let's think March, uh, 19 year old Mimi just moved to England, super broke, like fully in debt, working like four jobs in England because, um, you know, it's the pound is very expensive compared to the Canadian dollar. I came, I think with like $5,000 that I had saved up from that summer working at a bar and, or a restaurant bar. And, uh, I was waking up at 6am going to work at a juice bar till noon. And then from noon to 6 p.m., I would, t- would take the train across town to go intern at this styling agency and get paid like seven pounds an hour. <laughs> and then I would take the train back to the other area and uh, nanny and babysit for this Italian family until like 11 p.m. And then I'd come home and work on my blog till like 12:31, and then go to bed and do it all over again. That was what like a good six, seven months, my first few months in, in London looked like. And Um, It was a full on hustle and everyone thought I was crazy. My parents, you know, they wanted to help as much as they could, but I didn't really grow up around a lot of money. So it was, you know, I felt bad asking them for a lot, but, you know, fast forward another year living in London, trying to make ends meet and meet a lot of people. I realized I wanted to get into TV presenting. I was starting to do these little YouTube videos for my blog and online magazine. And I was like, oh, I really like, you know, talking to the camera. I feel like this is something I'm good at. And when I was, I was, (laughs) I remember being at the juice bar when no customers were in the store, I was like, 
just DMing, copy and pasting the same message to all these people that would that were working in TV in London because I didn't know anyone. And I know that your your network, it helps you a lot in life. So I was reaching out to all these people saying, hey, can I pick your brain, take you out for coffee? I just moved here. You know, I think I had like 10,000 followers at that point or something because of the blog. And yeah, so I, I met one girl, one person answered <laughs> out of the 300. And she brought me to my first event. And then I met all these different people. And then I met my old agent who essentially told me that TV presenting is going to be really difficult for me to get into as a Canadian person in the UK. They like a British voice. And she was like, oh, but you should do this reality show that they have here because they were already kind of reaching out to me. And I was like, mm, I don't know if that's my vibe. So I kind of rejected the idea at first. And then I was convinced because the agent said that she would sign me if if I took that show and I was on that show for, you know, three years or two years. Wow. And um, yeah, four seasons, two years. And it was, I was very naive when I first went on there and it's called Made in Chelsea. It's kind of like the hills in the UK. So it's like, it's not like a reality show, like a game show or anything. It's like just following the lives of a social circle in, mm-hmm. in London. And it, it's very fake. They weren't that great to me. So I'm okay saying that. Um, Good, anyway. That makes sense. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's a long story short. That's kind of my, my journey. And throughout all of that, I learned a lot about myself, what I wanted in life. And there's so much that I could go into, but I'll leave you with that to see if you have any questions about that. Well, yeah, I feel like, I mean, being on camera, being subject to, you know, the personality that they have you portraying, which isn't necessarily you, it sounds like, and they weren't good to you. You grow up fast in that way because you learn a lot about people. And then by way of that, who you want to be because of that. And I mean, I'm sure there are still so many people that hold this idea of who you are because of this clearly scripted, you know, TV show that you were on. But what I think is so interesting, one thing that you said, and I've heard you kind of talk about this a little bit on your podcast too, is that people think that you like came from money and you're, you know, I mean, hearing you hustle for jobs is certainly not what I expected, but why do people have this idea that you came from money? Is it just because you're successful now? Um, Well, that's actually two things. The people that had heard my name from being on that TV show have their own preconceived ideas because the TV show is called Made in Chelsea. Chelsea is like affluent area in in the UK and in London. And they cast people that come from a lot of money because it's like, that's like the vibe of the show. It's like the elite or whatever. But like, I was just so not. And half the people on the show aren't (laughs) just to say. So yeah, you know, it, maybe that, but then the other side of the story, cause I've, I've now been gaining a lot of followers and, and people that listen to my podcast that are in North America that actually never knew about the show. And I'm at the same time losing, you should see my insights on my Instagram. I'm losing like 5,000 followers a week and gaining 5,000 followers a week. I'm like, or oh 5,100 followers a week because I'm yeah. now losing since I'm now posting about my meditations and, you know, my personal development, all of those people that used to follow me from the TV show are now mm-hmm. not really into me. And I'm like, great. I, you know, I, I actually am really happy to lose those people. So yeah. So the people that um, may have those assumptions from, from just seeing me and not knowing about the TV show, it's sad, but if you see a young girl living her dream life and she lives on an Island with her boyfriend and she looks successful and happy and she has her own business, it's really hard for some people, especially people that go through their own crap, you know, like it's mm-hmm. really hard for some people 
to understand that that's a possibility without being me being handed something. So, um, yeah. you know, I do always like to mention, like, listen, my parents are both artists. I didn't come from money, um, bless them. And they did an incredible job raising me, but I was never given these opportunities. I found these opportunities for myself. And I took really big risks moving to different places and leaving university doing what I, you know, people didn't want me to do because I needed to find myself and find, you know, this passion of mine. And I knew it was in there somewhere. I just had to dig it out. Yeah. People don't like to give credit where it's due because the brain can't like fill in that gap of what sort of struggle the other someone else must have had gone through, especially on Instagram, where we see a lot of the end product and not necessarily that journey, yeah. especially when, you know, it goes on for many, many years, you know, you, you were struggling for a long time and I'm sure there's still day-to-day -day struggles, but you don't see that. And yeah, people are very quick to throw shade and it's an important lesson in checking that inner voice. I feel like as women too, like we say, we want to build each other up, but oftentimes when we see another woman succeeding, the first thing we do, and I've been guilty of it. So I feel like, you know, I have to admit that I've been guilty of it so that I can notice it in the future, but also normalize it. Or we could say, Hey, maybe, maybe this girl worked really hard. Maybe there's a struggle we can't see. And Hey, just cause she's succeeding. Doesn't mean that we can't have that too. Yeah. You're clearly very business savvy. You're an entrepreneur. We're going to dive into Mimi method, hopefully in depth today, <laughs> not hopefully we're going to, but I need to know how you came to be this way. You just said you dropped out of college, which I think everyone needs to like, if you head over to Mimi's page, like she's business, she's savvy, and you're really open about talking about the business of your business. If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's hard. And, and, um, it's, you know, it's a learning curve for me creating this. I'm now at a point where I'm like employing a lot of people and, and registering my business as a company was a big thing for me because I didn't understand how to do it. Like, you know, all these things that, that I never really grew up understanding. I had to learn myself and, you know, thankfully I have friends that are also in, in business that could kind of give me advice and stuff. But, um, yeah, when it comes to, to work and entrepreneurship, I think my, there are a lot of different strategies that you can take. Um, and I think from someone's perspective that has read hundreds of books on business and entrepreneurship and success, each one has, you know, an underlying same theme, but they're all quite different strategies. Um, a lot of the time and my strategy is unique to what I've done and it could work for a lot of people and other people have different strategies. But for me, my strategy has been doing things before I'm ready, trying everything and just going, going right in. So, you know, you see the success that I've had with Mimi Method, my subscription platform that offers meditations, but you know, you, you haven't seen the 10 other businesses that I've tried and failed at. Right. So, nice. um, I really think one of the biggest pieces of advice that I could give someone, especially in business is failure is redirection or rejection is redirection. That's an easier kind of thing to think of when, if you want to be reminded of it, cause it kind of rhymes, so, you know, rejection, redirection mm -hmm. and, um, mm -hmm. failing actually doesn't mean you're a failure. Failing is part of the process. You know, if you don't fail, you're probably never going to be that successful because failing mm -hmm. is just part of the journey. It's part of the process to so embrace it, you know? And it's like, all right, now I'm one step closer to where I want to be. Cause I've just had another failure. I'm one step closer. And I say that to my friends that go through breakups too. It's like, all right, that guy cheated on you. Great. Break up with him. You're now one step closer to the guy you're supposed to be with, you know? So just rephrasing and repositioning how you see situations unfold in your world, I think has been huge. And 
not acting like the victim, you know, oh no, I don't have time. You can always find time. You can always wake up earlier and just really focus on your hustle and just be more empowered in your position when it comes to business is a really big one. It's like, I hate when people give excuses all the time. It's like, even people that I've, that have worked for me in the past, like if, if they're, oh no, I can't get this done. I just, this happened. And it's like, for sure, sometimes it's, it's like, I get it, whatever. But if it's something important and they, it's a continuous thing where it's like, oh, I'll do it tomorrow morning. And then tomorrow morning, it's like, oh, I'll do it. Like, it's like those continuous, it's like, you can just tell from a person whether or not they have the attitude that it takes. But yeah, you know, I think it's completely interlinked as well. Like when it comes to business and personal development, I'm, a huge believer in, you know, the more work that you do on yourself, the better results you see in every area of your life, your relationships, your business, everything. So that's been a really big one for me. And I've seen it in my personal relationship with my boyfriend, Ben, we've been dating uh, for three and a half years. He's when I first started dating him, I was a completely different person. We talk about it. You know, I was completely different and the relationship has completely changed since I've done the work on myself and he's done work on himself, you know? So it really just affects everything in life. Everything. That that self-work is also a little bit contagious because if you're not both growing, you know, one person is being left behind for sure. But how did you have the courage to start a business without the quote unquote degree? I think a lot of people are held back by the fact that they don't have the qualifications or even college, let's just say that's like, you know, a pretty quote unquote basic thing you need to have. But here you are running a very successful business without it. And you're not just running the business, you're talking about business. Where does that courage come from? Well, two things. Number one, uh, the courage initially came from me just simply not having the belief that I needed a degree to create a successful business. That's number one. Number two, my, you know, I guess confidence to talk about business in a, in a way, I, I think it just stems from experience. Like I would actually rather hire someone that has done exactly what I want to do than someone that perhaps has a certification on a piece of paper that hasn't achieved what I want. I always say only take advice from people who have what you want, who have achieved what you want. Right. So that's why I'm not going to take perhaps the advice my grandmother was giving me when I left university saying, no, you have to finish university. You have to, you have to. And then you can go travel and do everything. I was like, Hmm, have you achieved what I want? Love you, grandma. But have you ever been Mm -hmm. a successful entrepreneur that took risks? No, I love you, but thank you for your advice. I'm going to go with, with what I truly feel like I need to do. And honestly, you know, listen, I think education is everything. Education is everything. So going to school is not the only way you can educate yourself on topics. So I can't even tell you how much I learned those years after I left university up until now, constantly, you should see my bookshelf. I'm, I'm constantly learning and reading and, and doing courses online and expanding my brain. Cause I think, when you stop trying to learn, you, you stop evolving. So it's not about education. It's just about, I'm not really a traditional school kind of gal. And I always knew I was never really going to work for anyone else. So why don't I just spend this time and money I would have spent on university to just do my own thing and create my own business. Totally. And you're clearly the type of person that does the courses and does the work and then 
implements it. Like, I think that's the key factor. I know a ton of people who kind of get like sunk by the self-help work. Like they just read book after book. They might know everything cognitively, but they can't put it into action. I'm sure because you work with thousands of women, you must maybe see or come across these types of people. What do you think the difference is between you and them? And how could you help them move from cognitive to action? These are such good questions, Lisa. I honestly can tell you my number one thing when it comes down to someone that's going to succeed, someone that's not going to succeed, it all goes down to one thing and that's their self-image. It all goes down to mm. self-image. And if you want to change your life, you first need to change your self-image. Your self-image is like the precursor to everything else that you create in your world. And if you don't have the self-image, you know, the internal vision of your yourself, of your personality, of what you can create in your life, if you don't have that strong and set in stone, then you're going to really struggle to change. Change is not just doing different things. It's not. It's about being different, Whether whatever you mm. want to change business, health, relationships, personal development, um, you know, managing your anxiety and stress, like whatever you want to change. If you don't change your energy and lifestyle, then you're never going to truly change. You see these people, you know, you, even if, for example, if I won the lottery and my self-image around money was quite low and I never felt really comfortable subconsciously with a big amount in my bank account, I would actually spend all that money and, and go back to where I felt comfortable because our subconscious loves comfort and whether that's good or bad comfort, it just loves known, the known. So mm. um, I think it's Ed Milet who explains a, a visualization of this, right? So your self-image is essentially like a thermostat on the wall, right? And if you're thermostat for let's say relationships is set at a 70 and then the wind comes in and makes the room a little bit colder or whatever it is, or something happens to make the relationship worse or better, your system's always going to try to bring it back to that 70 point or whatever the set point is. So for money, mm. like, let's say you're at a 60 temperature for money and you win the lottery and it goes up to like 400 or whatever it is, you always will subconsciously try to bring it back down. Mm -hmm. I mean, it works in the opposite way too. So if you're, if my, my standard for my finances, for my, whatever it is, it's at an a hundred, let's say. And if I have a big bill to pay with my new website developers, it's like $30,000 or something crazy, which it is that much, which I can get into it. So expensive, <laughs> crazy. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, okay, now I'm probably not going to buy the new, whatever that I also wanted. And that, that doesn't mean that I can't afford it. it just means that I'm not going to do it because I have a standard with what I feel comfortable with in the bank. So mm. yeah kind of to explain that I think self-image is the number one and, and it's about your habits too, and how to change your self-image is a whole other story. And I really, truly am a huge believer in meditation for that because it really allows you to sit down with yourself and not be distracted and visualize who you want to be and just start reprogramming your mind, rewiring your mind around that. And that's what's truly changed me from the inside out. Well, clearly, I think we all feel your power and like it just comes from such a natural place for you. And it makes sense because I think when a lot of people read these books or they do these courses, they're kind of checking a checklist. They're doing it. They're reading the words and they're just waiting to become it. And what you're saying is you become it first yes. and then yes. you do it from what that just extracting your yeah. great answers. <laughs> and that is, I mean, that's some serious wisdom that uh, gets me excited. Even preparing for this interview, I feel like I got reinvigorated for my own business by just listening to the way that you talk 
and it's kind of hard to explain, but your self-confidence around your business and knowing your worth of what you provide to this world um, is contagious. And it's reminded me of my value. And I hope everyone listening is reminded of their value by hearing people say, I know what I'm doing in this world and I'm really good at actually helping people and I'm going to get there. So thanks for everything that you do. Oh my God. (laughs) Thank you. That's like the biggest compliment I could honestly ever receive the biggest that, and, and the thing is like, I'm not explaining uh, rocket science here. Like I, I really think this is all, everything I'm explaining. It's like, I think everyone deep at their core understands it and knows it. Right. It's like, Oh, your self image creates your life. Okay. Like your habits create, you know, what you, what you produce in the world as well. And they reflect on your self image. It's like all these people know these things, but, um, it's really just like understanding it and looking it straight in the eye and being like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm actually going to change. That's a really big thing. And I love how you explained it as well. It's like another explanation that I like to, to share when it comes to personal development, it's actually more about unlearning than it is about learning. It's more about shedding off the layers of what you're not, what you've been conditioned to be since a young age, than it is about becoming something so separate to you. You know, at the end of the day, our authentic self is always inside of us, coming back to that childlike version of us that is alive and doesn't care what others think of them. And I was just watching home videos last night with my boyfriend. My dad sent me a file of home videos and I'm this six-year-old girl and I'm walking around and I'm like sticking my belly out and I'm saying whatever I want and I'm have food on my face. And it's like, she was just like loving life, you know, like she didn't care. And she was so pure and like authentic. And like, that's always what I want to go back to. It's like that pure, authentic you that is just so undeniably you. And it's more about taking off the layers of what you're not to reveal the true you who is your highest self, who is your ultimate self. Yeah. And I think even just like going back to that same example of the person who might do all the work, but they feel stuck. And with that amazing example in mind, sometimes we put on new layers before we take off the layer. So, you know, like Joey and friends, I don't know if you're a friends fan, but when he's wearing all of the clothes, you know, like we're so many layers on top of it that we actually don't even know who we are. So the unlearning, as you said, is actually the key here to starting the process. You can't just put on new before you figure out like your compass and that compass is within that underlayer. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC 
was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so tell us about Mimi Method, because, I mean, that's really the tea. And I was shocked I, to really put into perspective the fact that you launched this amazing meditation platform six months ago, eight months ago, in the middle of quarantine. So, I mean, this is a huge success. What is it? Why did you do it? And tell us everything. Thank you so much. Um, well, first of all, yeah, I launched it um, end of June, early July of last year, and I don't again, one of those things that I'm like, okay, I'm just going to try this be a cool opportunity to kind of maybe start something else. Now I was a bit bored because something else I was working on like that company didn't need me as much anymore. I was a partner in this online ed education company. And I just like, wasn't like, I wasn't that needed anymore. I'm like, okay, I need something else to do. Right. So I started my subscription platform, Mimi method, and it initially launched with three different categories that, so it looks completely different to when it first uh, launched. It used to be separate recipes, workouts, meditations with the meditations right at the bottom. Cause I didn't think anyone would like them, but I had been creating meditations for myself for years, just my, with my own, with my podcast microphone, I'd create my own meditations for me. There are a few that I liked out there, but there weren't a lot and there weren't things that were that specific to me. So I was literally listening to my own because I couldn't find anything else out there that were like motivational meditations. And there is time and place for like spiritual deep meditations that get you to focus on nothing and clear your head. But like, honestly, for me, those just didn't really work. Um, and I'm, I'm a spiritual person, but I think the meditations that I do, I actually want them to be more motivational and to connect me with my future self, with who I want to become, who I want to, you know, let go of to become right. So anyway, long story short, I created that business and did really well. The meditations ended up being the most popular section, which was to my surprise. So I slowly started, you know, letting go of the categories that weren't as popular. Like there was still popular and people liked having everything. But at the end of the day, when it comes to a business 
booming and really growing and having no ceiling, you really want it to be a bit more niche. Like that's something I learned over the years too. So it was kind of an experiment when I first started, cause I was like, okay, I'm going to do these three very different categories and then see what works best. And, um, it ended up being the meditations, but I still have movement and in those meditations since, uh, you know, creating Mimi method, I got certified in Pilates and, um, I'm in the middle of my certification for clinical hypnotherapy. So I'm, I've created a whole new category of meditations and that's why I think my, my platform is so popular. It's because it's very unique now. Maybe when I first started, it was similar to what a lot of people were doing, but right now it's really unique and I want to hone in on that. And it's motivational meditations that are a hybrid mix of manifestation, visualization, meditation, even some with movement. I have categories of meditations that are like Pilates meditations, stretching meditations, walking meditations. Those are some of the most popular on the app. And then obviously seated meditations, um, writing meditations, guided journaling, like they're all very different and haven't been done in the middle of trademarking all of that right now because <laughs> I have not seen it before. I've seen a few other walking meditations, but very different to mine. Um, mine are very upbeat. Oh, most of them are very energizing and and they they make you feel alive. That's basically what it is, right? So also just to kind of, I've just announced this recently on my podcast. I know, I was getting there. You beat me to it. <laughs> I'm changing the name and I'm getting a custom app developed right now. So in the next three months, everything's going to look a bit different. Um, I have my amazing marketing team on the new branding. So um, Mimi Method uh, will be no more in a couple months. I'm not going to say the name just yet. I, I really want it to be a big, nice announcement. Okay, but I think I know. Really? I do. No, you don't. I haven't said it. I don't say it that often. I'll tell you off screen. Have you said it once this podcast? No. Okay. I thought you said it once. I'm chatting you right now, but don't, don't say it. Okay. I thought it was this and everybody, everybody listening. I'm curious what you think it is. Oh yeah. No, alive. Oh, I love that yeah. word alive. It's not alive. There's actually my alive. phone provider in the Bahamas. It's called alive. So I just can't, it's like a phone. Oh yeah. yeah. That's but also that, that would be like naming my app, like Verizon. <laughs> not that I have an app, but if I were to have an app, it, just, it, doesn't, work. it doesn't work. But yes, good guess. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, yeah. Anyway, I'm, I'm changing that around. It's the branding is going to look so cool, futuristic. There's so much in the pipeline. Like I basically want to be on the cutting edge front of like new types of meditations, like meditation redefined, um, you know, VR technology is coming up in the next few years. We have big plans um, yes. to do wow. like virtual reality, open-eyed meditation experiences, like really cool stuff that's going to be coming. So I'm just so excited for that. But just to bring it back to the present, um, Mimi Method will be evolving soon. And I just hired on the most incredible app developers that I totally manifested because I honestly didn't think I could afford them. And then like something happened and I, you know, anyway, so I'm, I'm using the developers that created Headspace, which is just crazy because they're a huge meditation platform. And, you know, Headspace has actually worked for so many people, but for me personally, that type of meditation doesn't get me in the state that I need to be in after a meditation. Cause I kind of feel like the same person after I've, I feel maybe a bit more relaxed, but my meditations are different. Cause they like, they really motivate you and excite you. And you know, the word alive, get, get you in a place of feeling alive and invigorated and just illuminated in a way, you know, for sure. And I think, you know, I'm like a big spiritual meditation person, but I haven't always been. And, you know, I think different phases of your life, you go through different types of meditation to fuel you where you're at. But what's so cool about everything that like, I mean, 
clearly everybody just heard like the excitement. You could feel your excitement about what you're creating. And it was interesting because you said, you know, you started Mimi Method, kind of saw what other people were doing. Not that you imitated them, but you know, when you have an idea, you kind of see what's out there. You put your own little spin on it and it's out into the universe. And then most importantly, you saw what was working, not necessarily what you thought was going to work or maybe what you were most comfortable with putting out and you pivoted and what Mimi Method became in eight months. I mean, really like for me, this is just like, wow, any of us can do anything because eight months, this not only transformed what it is, but has attracted thousands of people, which is like, you know, just incredible, but you allowed it to guide you and the users to guide you, which it's so clear that you're not stuck as a person because you didn't have ego involved and your fears were out of the way, which allowed you to keep providing in such a a really cool way, I think. And then the meditations themselves, I've heard you describe as, and I know you're getting your hypnosis training right now, but like as a form of hypnosis, I think for some people that might scare them. So tell us a little bit about what that means. Yeah. Absolutely. So essentially the difference between the words meditation and hypnosis, when you look at it from like a definition perspective is meditation is thinking about nothing and hypnosis or hypnotherapy is thinking about something actively while in that meditative state. So it really is not scary. I'm not making anyone get into a weird state where they don't, you know, they can't feel their body or whatever it is. It's not necessarily (laughs) like that. Sometimes if you go really deep in, you have out of body experiences, but my meditations, I actually don't even want to call them anything to do with hypnosis or even the word meditation because they're so different. You know, Mm -hmm. the music is invigorating. I use a combination of different like Hertz waves to trigger new, you know, pathways ways in your brain to open up and take on new experiences and new ideas and new visualizations. They're really visualization meditations that really help you come back to who you want to be, your future self, your ultimate self, your best self, your most authentic self. And they're all very different too. My seated meditations are very different to my Pilates meditations. Like my Pilates meditations are really just you moving through exercise in that state of just complete love and surrender for yourself. And I think that's really important, um, you know, to do because I've, I know that you've probably been through, I definitely know you've been through it too, but exercising for the wrong reasons and treating your body in a way for the wrong reasons, is just something that's so not sustainable and, um, it doesn't work really hand in hand with personal development. So I think there's a way for you to fuel your body while fueling your mind. And it's also like such, such a powerful form of manifestation or, or just energy manipulation, if you will, uh, when you're moving and, uh, meditating at the same time. So my walking and running meditations are really popular too. Cause it's like, you are training your body, like the Pavlov theory or whatever Pavlov theory mm-hmm. is. It's like, you're training your body that while you're walking, you're actually now in this state of feeling really good. Yes. Your shoulders are back. You are walking as your future self, letting go of anything that doesn't serve you from behind you. As you walk forward into your new life, your better life, your truest life. And you know, it's like over time, if you do enough walking meditations, like you're just going to get up and walk as your future self. And it's just a matter of time. And I think the, the reason I think my meditations work really well for so many people are it's because 
you know, it's not just sitting down and then going on with your day. It's like you're integrating and weaving this in throughout your day with a lot of different activities that you're doing and you're conditioning your mind on such a different level because it's really easy to change when you're constantly reminding yourself of who you want to be. It's not that easy to change if you're doing a five, 10 minute meditation in the morning and then you go back to your old self for the rest of the day. It's just like, wow, I wish that I had access to these types of tools in this way at 25. 26, 27. I mean, even today, I think anybody can benefit from this because there are people who have been stuck for years. And I think it's never too late. I think you'd agree. Would you agree Mm -hmm. that it's never too late to get unstuck to visualize your future or truest self, like even if you're 50, right? But I am curious what age is, you know, what age demographics are Mimi Method primarily? And there's always outliers. Oh, oh, yeah, for sure. Well, listen, just to kind of before I go into that, like you can literally be any age. I get messages from people sometimes being like, Hey, I'm in my forties. I'm in my fifties. Like, can I still be doing this work? Like I feel too old for this. And I'm just like, Oh my God, you're doing it. You're exposing yourself to this. Now, most people die without ever knowing this. So don't think Mm -hmm. that way. Again, that's a belief switch that you need to make. It doesn't age doesn't freaking matter. Like, you know, and I think that's why I'm a bit hesitant sometimes to, to share my age. Obviously people know my mm-hmm. age, but when I meet new people, especially in business, I don't want to say my age because they're not going to take me as seriously. So there are benefits and disadvantages for the social construct around age. But at the end of the day, you are not too old or too young to do anything. You know, there, there are people that are doing Mimi Method at 15 years old, and there are people in their late fifties. My mom's best friend is obsessed with Mimi Method. And she was like at my birth and she's just like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> And she's, you know, in her late fifties and she's doing it and she loves it. And she's like a huge fan and, and loves how different it is. And I have moms, a lot of moms. So I think, but the typical, like the big chunk of people, uh, 25 to 35 women, um, mm, in North America. Okay. So, um, and a little bit in That's the UK awesome. from people that knew me from the show and that followed along with the journey. Um, but you know, it's, it really is that mid twenties to mid thirties, late thirties. And it's the people that, that come to a realization that they want to better themselves and change a little bit. And I think from just like looking at the world, you know, bird's eye view, most of the people, uh, especially women in their twenties, when they, when they get to their mid twenties, that's when they kind of look at their life and they're like, okay, it's mm-hmm. time to kind of do something a bit more now. Cause you kind of, you know, the whole uni thing and, you know, you leave uni and you start a job and you're not really that happy and you don't know why, and you want to be better. And it's like that kind of, it, it's that first feeling of just like, Hmm, is this really what life is? Can there be more? to this? You know, as you're saying that, I'm thinking about my courses too. And I always get hesitance before people sign on from either really young or really, not really old. I wouldn't say really old, but older than I am, let's say. So I'm, I'm 32. People know my age as well. And I get here from 40 year olds, 50 year olds, 60 year olds, and 70 year olds, believe it or not. Oh, am I too old for your course? Am I too old for your course? Am I too old for your course? Or in some cases, am I too young for your course? You know, is everybody going to be much older than me? And I'm realizing as we're both saying this is like, I think we have this idea that like the only and best time to work on yourself is somewhere in your 20s, right? Like, don't you feel like, because you said 25, right, it is this like, 
acceptable age to start figuring out who you are. But I think we all need to break through that construct that there's this one age or this one time. Oftentimes, life circumstances are going to throw you at age 35 and you're starting from scratch or 45 or 55 or 65. A lot of my guests have gone through great loss and that will, you know, be a huge layer of a shedding that they need to go through that shows them, oh, F, I don't know who I am anymore. So this type of self-work, any type of self-work can be done at any age. And I think we need to really break down that construct that I kind of, as you said it, and I'm thinking of my students, I'm like, even myself, maybe, maybe I think, oh, I'm too old for that. Right? Like where, where, why do we say things like that and limit our beliefs and our ability to be alive and energized? Because that's a pot that can just keep being refilled if we keep pouring our own energy into it. I think it's an excuse at the end of the day. Like I was saying, you using your age to determine whether or not you can do something is an excuse. And you're in that victim mentality that will literally kill you based on beliefs, right? But based on beliefs that can't blame somebody for having, because for them, they will call it facts. So it's a lot of undoing, right. To, to get through all of that. I think, you know, just seeing examples of other people, like you, you really see, you know, these people like JK Rowling, she only became successful in her, like, what was it like late forties? She was broke, single, depressed, or there was like, she has an incredible story. And she was, you know, quote, too old to start a career. And she became super wealthy and known and created, you know, the Harry Potter books and everything. So, and that's just one example. So many people take so long to whatever it is, personal development, business relationships, and that's okay. Okay, because they do it. You know, what, what's the point of even mentioning it? Oh, I'm too old. Okay. So you're just never going to evolve. No, do it still, you know, and, and it keeps you young. I was at this meditation event in January, the Dr. Joe Dispenza week long. And there was a woman that sat next to me one of the days and she was this 83 year old, I think, or something this 83 year old woman. And she was there alone and at the event and she was the sweetest thing. And she was, her energy was so light. And she was just at this meditation mm. event and she was just so like careful free and her like she was child like she was like a a child energy almost like very in awe of the world and it was so inspiring because I was just like I love this woman and that's just one example right and then you can meet younger people that are are you know doing their thing and starting businesses at a really young age but I really don't think age matters as much as we think it does I really don't and just to kind of reflect on everything we've kind of covered today Mimi age 18 19 you know hitting up 300 dms to make it in tv no an admirable hustle right like I really respect that especially as someone who really struggles to pitch themselves. Like you've helped me with that. So many of my Instagram friends have helped me with that. I mean, that took you to your first, you know, big thing in life. And even though it had its negatives, it sounds like being on TV, it also formed you in some ways. But okay, here you were fighting for fame a bit. You wanted some notoriety, some, you know, what all 18 year olds want. And here you are at 24, eight months into a platform called Mimi Method, and you're moving away from the name Mimi Method. Like you have the fame, all eyes are on you and you're like moving a little bit, not obviously you're still going to be the face of the brand and all the talent, but a little bit less Mimi in your face. So what does that come from? What is it like? Oh my God, it's such a good question. And I, you know, I had to go through 
But I really, you know, it's so funny because my biggest goal with the TV show wasn't necessarily fame at the beginning. It was just, I want my blog to do well. <laughs> like, mm. and I want a visa to stay in the UK. Those were the two reasons. <laughs> Obviously, when I went on, it was like, oh my God, people are starting to recognize me. It was a really great feeling for the ego. And, but it never was my number one driver. It was definitely something that I liked from an ego perspective. And I will completely admit that it's cool to have people come up to you and say, oh my God, can I have a photo? with you, you feel important. And, but that's very, you know, short lived. It, it doesn't actually fulfill you at all. Um, and what fulfills you more is actually people coming up to you and saying, you've changed my life. Thank you. And I'm sure you get that too, Lisa, from people that have done your courses and, and have helped their own, um, you know, internal issues with what you teach and you preach. You know, I think that's, one of the most fulfilling things, not just, oh, you're on this TV show. Can I take a photo to prove I met someone that is relatively famous in this area of the world? <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> so yeah, you know, I, I think going back to what your question was, the more I evolve as a person, the more I actually don't want what I once wanted. And, you know, I, I just want a successful business that helps people. I don't really care about fame. I actually would prefer to not have it um, and just have my own internal success and, and business success and help people. But, you know, it, it, got, it does come with like me sharing my story and helping people directly does really help. So I don't want to lose that necessarily, but I also just want to give uh, the future of me method a bit more room to grow into something bigger that's beyond me. Right. And that's kind of what it is. I see so much of like me and you, but you're on like, it's called the Acela in New York. It's the fast train that like gets you from state to state really quick. You're on the, the speed train. I was on the slow train. I did a solo episode. It'll probably be about a week or two from when this one airs. And I said to my audience, almost like your exact words, maybe a little bit less, but I was a little bit different, but I was so focused on, you know, wanting to be known and established in so many ways and recognized for so long. And thanks to all the inner work and a lot to my, you know, my husband now, Evan, and I know Ben has been really big for you too. I'm, I'm just deeply fulfilled in so many areas of my life that I'm not trying to like cover that void with what fame used to kind of, the idea of fame used to kind of attract to me. And again, don't don't get me wrong. I like being the face of my brand. I like helping people. But when you could step back and be like, it's not all about me if I really want to help a lot of people in that way. It's just super powerful. So the fact that at 24, I'll just never get over it, you know, that you're just seeing so clearly is so cool. And you're so out of your own way, like to be able to step aside from the ego when you have a huge Instagram account that could easily profit off of Mimi, the influencer, and you're saying, yes, I'm an influencer because of, you know, all these things, but I don't want to be that type of a face of my brand. Yeah. You know, I actually just let go of my agents because they were like, oh, can you do this paid post? Can you do this paid post? And I was like, no, I don't want to do this anymore. I, I don't want to, I don't like this. I don't want this. You know, of course I'm going to be a quote influencer because I have a big audience, but really at the end of the day, like it's just not me. And because I now mm -hmm. know myself so well, I've just like stepped away from that. And I have 
one more paid story to do, to do before my contract ends with my agents. And then I'm done. Like I'm just Whoa. talking about my own stuff. And, and I only ever promote things that I do believe in, you know, Oh my God, I laugh every time you post about uh, a screenshot of a brand that's like completely unaligned uh, messaging <laughs> oh you asking you to promote it. I, I like howl of laughter. I'm like, do you well, I don't have an, I don't have an agent. So like just the most nonsense comes my way. <laughs> oh, there's just, yeah, I yeah. totally hear you about this space and there are certain influencers that do an amazing job of you know what they do so it's not to knock anybody in that space but it needs to feel good for you and just to see like you're turning down money because that doesn't feel good for you I think is really empowering and you're clearly you know somebody who is savvy in business and you're still you know turning down money because you're choosing what is aligned for you which is your real talent and gift to this world which is you know Mimi Method turned in certain new name, which Thank I won't you say, so much. but I'm I really, excited really appreciate about it. that, honestly. And, and when it comes to the ego thing that you were just mentioning, like I still catch myself getting into ego. Like I don't want people to think that do. I'm like completely egoless. Like I for sure keep battling with myself pretty much every day on little things that I once really cared about that I've totally grown out of that still kind of find their way to weasel in. And maybe it's like insecurity with my physical appearance. Maybe it's not feeling good enough. Maybe it's comparing and judging myself to other women. Like we were talking about at the beginning of this episode, you know, that post you did mm-hmm. the other day, I really loved, I forget what it said exactly about comparison and women. Um, it was on mm-hmm. Women's Day, I think that you posted it. And it's like, it's so true. Like, you know, comparing yourself just literally is worthless. And it just, whenever I get into that state of like looking at other people and being like, oh, why am I not like that? I have to internally reflect and think, okay, why am I not feeling fulfilled right now? Because when I'm fully happy mm. and fulfilled, I don't ever do that. I'm just happy for them. Well, I actually saw on your story today that, you know, you said something about people who are unfulfilled being the ones that leave negative comments on your posts. And, you know, it's just so true. I've been so disheartened by the pandemic and Instagram in the past year because people's real sadness has come through only it hasn't come through as sadness that you feel bad for it has come through as anger bitterment being bitter and bitterment yeah. i don't know if that's yeah, a word well, let's make it a word because <laughs> it's 2021 apparently become so. <laughs> resentful and jealous of each other and then like going back to the original thing it's a lot of women on women hate yeah. and even you know i've made my mistakes where uh, you know i just i just want to end that and recognize that it's so much more energy efficient to lead with love than it is with trying to tear somebody down. And it's only when you freaking sit down and meditate in whatever form you want, whether it's with Mimi or a spiritual practice or whatever, that you're able to get through your own bullshit and and say, okay, this is actually who I am. This is the frequency that I radiate best at. And nobody's doing this work. So I hope that hopefully Mimi Method will make its way to all the mean people on Instagram who are really just sad people. (laughs) I literally want to create free meditations for Instagram bullies. Like I I actually would give it to them for free. I give them memberships for free. The ones that like literally (laughs) message me the most vile things. Like I don't get it that often anymore, but like a year ago, 2020 and 2021, there's a new breed of humans out there. And it's like, shocking to see what some people can can say. And um, Mm. I actually saw this other thing post on Instagram the other day, my sister reposted it. And it was like, 
you know, why can't we just like treat other people on Instagram? Like we're going into their home, you know, we're not going to go into their mm-hmm. home and rip paintings off the wall and spit on the ground and, you know, like <laughs> go to the bathroom yeah. and not flush. Like, we're not going to do that. <laughs> you know, if you don't yeah. like someone, be like, okay, you know, I'm just going to leave. Like, I'm just going to head out. I'm going to leave. You don't need to mm-hmm. like ruin the place before leaving. Like, you know, and that's mm-hmm. actually why I have limits and boundaries on Instagram. I don't know if you have this too, but like, I actually yeah. only allow comments from people that follow me because why the mm. hell would I let other- I didn't even know you could do yeah, that. You, there's so many restrictions that you can make. And I have so many of them. I have keywords that if someone writes, I don't see the message. Ooh. No one else sees the message, but they think that it's posted. So they don't go crazy. They're like, oh, I posted it, but yeah. no, one sees it, no one sees it. And they're like, oh, and then they, you know, sitting with their own thoughts mm. with that really powerful. I just block and delete as well. The people that, um, aren't really, that they don't get what I'm trying to do, you know, like the, the ones that are just rude and like, Oh, like, you know, your toxic positivity. I'm like, are you kidding me? Mm. I show the good and bad. I'm not toxic positivity, <laughs> like, you know, good yeah. luck, but, um, you know, anyone, you give, you, yeah. give, you give them one phrase to work yeah. with and they're going to yeah. go like, that's what I've seen on Instagram. You give them like one phrase to use that's trending toxic positivity. There's a ton of other words and then they're going to find the person that they can say is doing this and then like be the police for that thing. Oh yeah. And they're just so unhappy and I feel so bad for them and I just send them love because that's really what they need. (laughs) So one thing that you seem to do is you get out of your own way. You don't have a fear from where I'm sitting. You don't have a fear of being judged. And like I said, I see a younger version of you in me, but I'm going to be super honest here that maybe the past year with what we kind of just talked about, maybe it's been years of this really just building up on me as a quote unquote public figure and being under scrutiny. I'm going to be super honest. I have taken on not a fear of being judged, but maybe yes, a little bit of that. Let's just be at a fear of being judged, a fear of saying the wrong thing, a fear of not being liked, a fear of people I like not liking what I have to say, or, you know, my colleagues not liking what I have to say. And I'm not completely stuck, right? Like I, I get out of my own way and I'm still living my truthiest life in many ways, but I'm more stuck than I used to be. And I get in my own way. And surely there are people listening that are just fully stuck and they're afraid of being judged, not even just by the public, by their friends and family and doing something big with their life, whether it's public or not, how can we move away from the fear of what others will think? That's such a good question, Lisa, because I understand where you're coming from fully. And I've actually experienced similar emotions, especially the past you know, year or so. Because we live in such a touchy time where if, even if you don't say anything at all, people think you're saying something and you're not like, it's just like, you don't know what to do. And you, you just often need to follow what everyone else is doing so that, you know, you just like blend in if, if, even if it's not the way that you want to express mm-hmm. um, how you're feeling about a situation and um, with a very political time as well, you know, I'm not American, nor do I live in America, but like, I felt, I felt it the past you know year. I'm like, well, I don't even care about politics. Why am I, you know, so it, it's really difficult for people now and, and being judged is 
is a really scary thing when you're in this industry, because it could really make or break you, you know, like if there's one bad thing that comes out that someone creates about you, like you could actually be totally ruined. Um, so it is a scary thing. And I totally understand the fear around it for anyone who has an Instagram or it doesn't, whatever it is. But you know, at the end of the day, like if you're just authentic and you're you and you're mm -hmm. kind and compassionate, I think it all goes down to being kind and compassionate as you move through things like the people online that like are vicious about their beliefs on either side, you know, I don't really vibe with, like, I really, I like people that are mm. kind and compassionate that are open to other people having different views that are, that stand their ground and what they believe in a kind and compassionate way and try to educate the world. Because I don't think the world can change by being vicious and aggressive. It doesn't work. Mm. I'm a stubborn person. If someone came up to me and screamed in my face, you need to like oranges. And I didn't like oranges oranges, I wouldn't be like, Oh my God. But if someone kind of came up to me and they're like, Hey, listen, this orange is really, really good. Want to have a taste? I don't know why I'm saying orange, <laughs> so true. but like, you know, there's a way to go about things. And if you really have a passion to help change the world in your own way, then you're going to go down that route because it's the more effective one. The people that go down the route of just being, you know, really intense and vicious and, and aggressive, like you're not really changing anything. So, you know, I, I don't know. This is my opinion. They might in their own way. But for me personally, I think the more kind and compassionate you are and open you are, the better. Um, but then there are certain things too where it's like I stay in my lane for a lot of things and I post about mm -hmm. my meditations and trying to make the world a better place in my own way. I don't need to be at all. I don't need to do it all. You know, there are different people that have different roles, I think, um, when it comes to whatever it is that they're working on. And that's my belief. I saw this another amazing kind of post on Instagram the other day and it was saying how, you know, I, I forget exactly what it said, but it like painted out like, oh, there's the activist that isn't up to date with, you know, uh, not like how meat impacts the world. So they eat meat. There, there is this one person who does charity work, but they don't use um, reusable bags at the grocery store. There is this one person that, wow. you know, that kind of post, I'm sure a lot of people listening have heard of it, but I really believe in that. It's like, do your best and help change the world in your best way possible and, and lead by example and not with aggression. I think that's my biggest thing. And yeah, that's so good. Actually, I would love to see that post because we also then see somebody not doing one thing and we create all those judgments around it. And it's just eye opening of thinking about other people the next time we see somebody yeah. eating something that we might think yeah. is cruel or shopping without the reusable bags or, you know, whatever it is, everybody's contributing in their own way. Yeah. And that is beautiful. One more thing, though, too, like the best response to the people that say, oh, why aren't you doing this? It's like my response is, it's flattering that you think that I can be perfect, but I'm not, yeah. <laughs> you know, no, it's really that. flattering that you thought that I was perfect and I'm sorry to break it to you, but I'm not. <laughs> wow. I really, I really, really yeah. love that. That's a great response. And you just had it on hand like that. Yeah, I love it. It's really flattering. <laughs> um, so you've said it a little today, but you said you're already the person that you want to become. We just need to release those layers and become her. And I know we talked about it, but I just love it so much. So it's a good starting off place too, because I think so many people think that their best self is really far away or it's going to be found when they start killing themselves at the gym and, you know, doing all of these things. You're shaking your head already. What's a more sustainable way to find the true you and sustain? Oh, it? such a good question. And I'm shaking my head because it's like you don't need to go through pain to find your best self. Mm. It doesn't need to be hard. It doesn't oh, oh really like 
it, and I felt the same too. You know, I've struggled same. with disorder eating. You have, we, a lot of women have, a lot of men have, you know, it's, it's, mm-hmm. yeah. And when it comes back to your personal relationship with yourself, and I can tell people this right now, like when the internal world is happy and feels loved and has a really strong relationship with yourself, that's when you're going to see whatever external change that you've ever wanted effortlessly happen, if that's what your body wants. But at the end of the day, you know, your body and your, your soul, like being kind of like together in this and not hating each other and, 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 and fighting, it's going to be the biggest changer for everything. And, and mm-hmm. I've had to experience that firsthand. A lot of people have to reach a breaking point. I can happily say when it comes to food, that I have not had a disordered thought about food in a really long time. I have not binged eaten. I have not under eaten in a really long time. And that's honestly because of the work that I've done internally to love myself and to appreciate myself and to fuel myself. And, and that alone, you just healthily maintain who, you know, what your body wants. And um, to answer your question, how to get to that point, because I know it seems so far away for so many people. And if I could hear myself two years ago saying what I'm saying now, I'd roll my eyes and say, oh, I just can't do that because I would obsess about food all the time in the past. And I had a very unhealthy relationship with food. And now I can say that and, and, and it's, it's very possible and you can do it. You just have to do the work on yourself and change your self-image and your identity around these certain things and just just trust yourself a little bit more, you know? Like, trust yourself. Like, you're going to be okay. And there's so much more to life. There's so much more to life. And uh, just, yeah. I love what you said, that it doesn't have to it hurt. It doesn't have like, to I hurt. Like, I think that's, it doesn't have to hurt. It doesn't have to be painful. And when we move away from that, I mean, I think what Mimi Method does is it brings flow to everything. Mm-hmm. And from flow, we have peace. And from peace comes nourishment. You know, you're not going back to restriction or just you're comfortable, mm-hmm. which is wonderful. I always try to think of like actionable tips because like I can hear someone listening right now being like, okay, but like how the hell do I do that? Just really start to cultivate a morning routine and do a little bit of meditation mm-hmm. and write and journal. And you have some morning routines on Mimi Method as yeah. well. So you're you're taking us every step of the way. Every step of the way. And you know what? You can do my morning routine or you, you don't even have to. You can really just get a journal and write every morning and make it a habit and just like make sure you're kind of getting in touch with you at the beginning of the day and just doing Mm. things out of love. And it's really just an energy you move through the day with just out of love, being a bit more intentional, doing things that, that don't really numb you out, I think is another really big Mm. one. Like we're so numbed out with our phones and the less numbed out you feel, the more alive you feel. So I would say really limit the things that make you feel numb um, and just hone in on what makes you feel alive as a whole. Doing guided meditations are great. Just listening to really calm, nice jazz music when getting ready, romanticizing life a little bit more. It, it all happens in the small things. It really, it For life sure. happens in the small moments and you can see mm-hmm. the big success that you want. And that's great. This realization came to me about a couple months ago when I saw my life and I'm like, oh, this is everything I've ever wanted. And sometimes I'm not happy still. And I'm like, hmm. And what I realized is it happens in the small moments. Like even when you have what you want, you're still going to have to work on loving and appreciating the small moments. So just start now because you're going to be way ahead of the game. I love that. Took me a lot longer to learn and relearn, but thank you for sharing your wisdom. So the last question is, do you believe everything happens for a reason? Oh, I love that question. Yeah, I, I think I do. You know, everything does 
I think happened for a reason, but I also think you have some level of control for what your future holds and you can really create and cultivate the life that you want for yourself. And with a little bit of faith and a little bit of fate and a lot of hard work and a lot of exciting, Mm -hmm. you know, positive energy towards what you're creating, you're going to get what you want. You know, it it really is. but, But having no defined definition of that, I think is important too. You know, I've realized you can have the vision board, you can have the specifics that you want, but at the end of the day, the world is going to take you maybe down a different road. And if you just surrender and you just stay Mm. focused on the end emotion that you want, the end vibration or whatever frequency that you want to experience in the future, the emotion, the energetic feel of what your future dream life feels like, just hold on to that. And then watch everything else kind of unfold in a way that you may not expect. I love that beautiful place to end off on. Mimi, thank you for inspiring us, for empowering us, and for living your truthiest life because it has already benefited mine from this episode and even just preparing for this episode. So we'll put all of Mimi's information below as well as Mimi Method slash new name (laughs) of what Mimi Method is becoming. So down the line. This will have a new name, but for the time being, we'll put all that information and where you can find her. Thanks, Mimi. I'll see you soon. Thank you so much. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV... This is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes... Nearly $10 million was all gone. It's just unbelievable. Hide your money in your old rich men, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. right.